listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm author and book devourer Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bray Grant, filmmaker and e-reader. This episode is all about how to find books for cheap, which we love. But for, which we love. <laughs> but first, what do you read, Bria? So I finished my quest. Um, as, as, as was promised to the readers, to the, to the glassers. Okay, so a while ago, we realized there were three different books that had the words seven in the title. And I read the first two of them. Uh, it was... So you got the seven husbands of Evelyn Hugo. That's the one I'm re- I just finished. But the first two I read were the seven, seven and a half deaths of, uh, Stella Fortuna and, um, oh, what's the other one? The seven or this, the seven or eight deaths of Stella Fortuna, and then the They're seven and a half so- deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle. <laughs> no wonder this is And then is there's hard. the seven husbands of Evelyn Hugo. Evelyn. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, um, I just did that. Do you think I just those authors are friends now? I God, I hope so. I hope they started a club. I hope they started a club <laughs> so they could, in which they decided they're like, I'm thinking about naming my book. Something. No more Evelyn's. Yeah, no more <laughs> Evelyn's, no more numbers. Uh, but, okay, so this one has come up on the show, but, uh, like, as recently as a couple of weeks ago, because someone said it was, like, their favorite book that they recommend to everyone, The Seven and a Half Deaths. I'm sorry. The well, seven that's the other husbands. confusing thing, is that people love both of the books and talk about them all the time. All three. People love all three. Yes. Um, but The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo by Taylor Jenkins Reid, I believe, um, is... Fantastic. I just finished it. Um, um, it's about this uh, Hollywood icon who has, who, who's getting up there in the years. I, I don't know. She's probably in her like 70s or 80s or something because she was around. Oh, maybe even older. But she because she was around during like the 50s and she was this huge 1950s Hollywood star. And basically she's been a little bit in hiding. People don't know that much about her. And um, she's been married seven times. And then this, it's all told from the point of view of this um, journalist who get who is kind of a low level journalist at this uh, magazine. And they get contacted and they're like, Evelyn Hugo wants to do a story with us about her life, uh, which she's never done before. And she wants to do it with this like low level writer. And the writer's like, wait, me? Me? And then, so the writer goes to the house and the whole book is this document, of Evelyn Hugo and her life and all the shit she went through to become a Hollywood star um, and uh, how it was hard for her. She, she was, she's Latinx and, like, she, uh, she came from a very poor family and she did all this stuff to, like, become who she was. She, like, did some good stuff. She did some bad stuff, some stuff she really regrets. And then also there's a twist where you find out why Ooh. this low-level this low level uh, journalist was picked. And the low-level journalist has to, like, figure out, like, if, if um, she wants to tell this story and why she wants to tell this story. And it's just really great. It's super well-written. It's If you love, like, old Hollywood, it's definitely for you. But also, like, it's just a really great, interesting book about this woman's life and about, like, you know— the shit that she had to go through to become Evelyn Hugo, who's like, you know, the equivalent of like, uh, you know, like a Meryl Streep or somebody or even yeah, Marilyn Monroe. Like she's like that big. Um, it's fantastic. I see why people were like this. This is one of the books that, that person a couple weeks ago was like, this is the book I recommend to like everyone because mm-hmm. it's it's very much like anyone could like it, it has like and also has like um, a queer love story in it. It's just fantastic. Um I loved it. 
What What are you reading, Mallory? Um, so I am reading a book that has also been talked about by Glassers for a while. It's The Mermaid, The Witch, and the Sea by Maggie Takuda Hall. And this is the first book I have e-read as a traveler. I oh. just got back from New Orleans where I got to see you. It was the first time you and I have hung out since March of 2020. And um, I was... It was my first time traveling with a Kobo. Um, I was very nervous. I already, I bought a backup paperback just in case, <laughs> which I, I read on the first flight. Um, which I and, didn't understand but I re- why you read the paperback first. Like that should have been the I know, backup. it was a terrible okay. idea. <laughs> I, part of it is because I really wanted to read the paperback I brought, which was a rookie move on my part. Um, but I really liked having the Kobo. I loaded it up with library books. I, I did the Bria Grant method and it was great. It was fantastic. It was really nice to be able to switch in between my Kobo do not lose any, I didn't like run out of battery life. And I was like, wow, I can definitely see why this is the jam. Like I'm, my bag is not 50,000 pounds cause I have 15 books in it. Um, but the mermaid, the witch in the sea. Um, so I got on my Kobo via overdrive and it's one of the, it's a, it's a romp. Mm. It is, I don't read a lot of romps, but this is a romp. It's super fun. It's YA and it's sort of like a fantasy book about um, this orphan pirate girl who uh, is trying to figure out her gender identity and she crosses paths with this um, this uh, young woman who is like a royal daughter and she's being like sort of not sold off but sent off to this like husband who's way older than her and they end up meeting on a pirate ship and like... It's one of those books that ticks off a t- I can see why glasses really like it because it's got witches, pirates, gay pirates, <laughs> sexy pirates, um, magic. It's got mermaids. It's got it, – it's just got a lot of fun things in it. It's, this is like the fantasy version of a beach read because it's just like – it's just super fun. And I, I'm having a blast with it. I started it on, the, on my last flight and – yeah, it's just um, if you're looking for something, it's it's lighter. There are some dark things to it, but it's just like a really fun summer read. And it's it's an absolute blast. So that's The Mermaid, The Witch, and the Sea by Maggie Takuda Hall. And mine is The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo by Taylor Jenkins Reid. So we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback we got a lot of opinions about how to read on your side. Oh, we immediately oh, wow. were what a... flooded, <laughs> flooded with so just emails. Just to remind and people, just to remind people, Mallory and I had a disagreement here. I was like, <laughs> when you read on your side, you turn your book perpendicular. You turn your book so it's parallel with your eyes, like you're yes. reading. You're still reading left to right. Where Mallory was reading up and down. Yeah, like she my had book her book is, was still straight up and down, and she was on her side. And I thought that was wild. I thought that was the wildest. I posted thing I a photo of how I read in bed on my side in the reading glasses slack, so folks could see. But the funniest part about all the emails we got is that half of them were like, "Oh my god, how could you read with the book parallel to you?" And the other half were like, "How could you read with the book perpendicular to you?" <clears throat> it was hilarious to me that like there's just this great divide in the reading world, and none of us even knew. Um, so Kristen wrote in to say, hello to my favorite book nerds and also authors. Mallory, I can't wait for your new book. And Bria, I need more married graphic novels in my life. Oh, thank you. So do I. Mm-hmm. Um, now you were discussing how to hold the book while lying on your side. And to me, it's dependent on the format of the book. Ebook can go either way or even on an angle. Physical book is always perpendicular. I just rest it on its spine and away I go. If I hold the book any other way, a cat will eventually find me and then stick their beautiful heads under the book slash e-reader and demand attention. 
Uh, also, you mentioned TBR games, and one I saw on YouTube recently has got me excited because all you need is a 20-sided die and a list of 20 books. Just roll and add the corresponding book from your list to your TBR. Booktubers who I follow got this in their fairy loot boxes one month, and it sounds simple to set up and store out of the way. Again, my cats would shred any board I make so pro- and probably take off with the game pieces. This sounds like really that. fun. That's cute. If you have a 20-sided die, it's a good way to go. Uh, so Francis wrote in and said, I just wanted to weigh in on your last episode as someone who occasionally reads print books while lying on their side. Okay, this is, uh, here we go again. Uh, let me preface this by saying this is not a hot book tip. It is really not very comfortable, but it's the best strategy I've come up with. All right, I like whatever the opposite of a hot book tip is. It's very funny. Um, a lukewarm this is a, book tip that's been, that's been forgotten in the microwave? Ice bath, cold, cold uh, uh, yeah, lukewarm, I like that. Uh, first, um, which side I lie on depends on which part of the book I'm at. I keep the heavier part of the book closer to the surface of the bed so I can rest it there. Okay, that makes sense. For example, if I'm at, near the beginning of the book, the back of the book is heavier, so I lie on my right side, and vice versa for the, for the end of the book. In the wow. middle of the book, it's a toss-up, and I'll switch from side to side. I always have the book parallel to me and was very much in agreement with Brielle on that front. I have no idea how Mallory can read with the book perpendicular to her. When I was reading on the upper page, I will lie lower... Lie, I will lie the lower half of the book so flat flat, so my arm doesn't have to do as much work. Then I lift up the lower to read the lower page. Wow, this is a this is complicated, but I'm I under, love this I'm extremely complex system. Uh, depending on the size and type of book, I'll either wrap my lower hand uh, around the back of the book and sort of dangle the book with my upper hand. Like I said, it's not very comfortable, and I often have to alternate sides or read on my back for a while. All right. I'm glad we're all weighing in on this. It feels important. Oh my God. We have, business. we truly, we, I don't even think we'll be able to read all of them on the show because we have so, so much feedback about this. Sounds I, like we need to do a I poll. It. Sounds like we need to do a poll. We do need to, I, you know what? I bet I could set one up in the reading glasses slack. I think we can do that. Okay. I'm excited. We're gonna we're gonna pull we're gonna pull the 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 Slack members. Okay. Uh, so quick bookmark: we're we're uh, Bria's movie is winding down. We are very very excited to finally announce um, uh, one of two events we have coming up. Um, the first thing we're gonna do is our erotica book club. We are reading uh, the foodie holiday novella, queer foodie holiday novella, Mangoes and Mistletoe by Adriana Herrera. Um, I will put a link in the show notes to where you can get it. You can get it on Kobo. You can get it on Kindle, Barnes and Noble, iBooks, and you can buy it from directly from the author, which is what I did. Um, but yeah, we are going to read this book and talk about it. Uh, it's going to be September 5th, which is a Sunday. So September 5th, Sunday, noon Pacific time uh, on our Instagram live. And we will... We'll, put all of this in the show notes and we'll be announcing it again for the next couple of weeks but it's very quick to read super fun it's about sexy foodies love it being sexy and making it's like a there's a holiday baking challenge involved sexy baking we're very excited this is going to be a blast um so again so that's mangoes and mistletoe by adriana herrera and it's september 5th noon pacific time on our instagram you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com if you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show delivered to your inbox every month. You can sign up for our newsletter. There's a link in the show notes. Before we talk about finding cheap books, we're going to take a quick break. 
Reading Glasses is sponsored in part this week by Rotman Business School. The job market is a mess right now. Whether you're looking for a new opportunity or want to make yourself a stronger candidate for promotion, how you present yourself is key to taking the next step. So executive presence is the secret sauce to success. Rotman's unique virtual executive presence program will equip you with tools and tips to engage and influence others. This sounds like secret magic that they... Really should does. not be teaching. It really does. People are very lucky that they're uh, that they're teaching this the, these arcane spells mm-hmm. to, to get good at business. This is incredible. So Rotman has designed this comprehensive virtual program to work around your current schedule, which is pretty sweet. We're all really busy. This is something that you could that they're pretty flexible. It's something that you can do in, in between other things. And with Rotman's executive presence, you can b- balance working from home and watching the kids with building your emotional intelligence and making connections with peers across different industries. And the University of Toronto Rotman School of Management is one of the best schools in Canada and ranked number 17 for open enrollment executive education by the Financial Times. Pretty freaking cool. So whether you, you know, you're looking to shore up skills you already have, you're already in the business world, or you're looking to change careers, you're looking to do something a little different, Rotman Business School is is perfect for you. It's flexible. Absolutely check it out. So all you have to do is visit uoft.me slash executive presence, uoft.me slash executive presence to learn more and apply. Class starts September 15th and you can start your application today to save your seat. So that's uofte.me executive presence. Rotman, here's where it changes. Classes. Classes. <laughs> Video games. Video games. Video games. You like them? Maybe you wish you had more time for them. Maybe you want to know the best ones to play. Maybe you want to know what happens to Mario when he dies. (laughs) In that case, you should check out Triple Click. It's a podcast about video games. A podcast about video games? But I don't have time for that. Sure you do. Once a week, Kickback as three video game experts give you everything from critical takes on the hottest new releases to scoops, interviews, and explanations about how video games work to fascinating and sometimes weird stories about the games we love. Triple Click is hosted by me, Kirk Hamilton. Me, Jason Schreier. And me, Maddie Myers. You can find Triple Click wherever you get your podcasts and listen at MaximumFun.org. Bye! This week, it's the holy grail, the thing we're all always searching for, a good book sale. Cheap books, the book hookup, if you will. <laughs> what is the best way to find cheap books, both new and used? Yeah. Well, okay. Obviously, we love the library, right, Mallory? We talk about the library. We're big library. We're extremely pro-library. We're, we're push that library. We're, we're, if there was a drug <laughs> we were selling, it would be library cards. Um, we're, we're library pushers. And we love books for free. But if you want to own the book, that's what we're talking about here, right? Um, and that's usually getting, yes. it, getting it used. So um, library book sales will still be the pusher here. Uh, they also they have inexpensive <laughs> used books, and the sales usually support the library. So ba- we're going to still push a library, so make sure you check there. Whenever a library is having a sale, Mallory loves a library book sale. She loves to buy physical oh. books. She talks about library I book do. sales. I saw they were having one. I, uh, I drove by one, but I would be, have to ship the books back. I'm in New Orleans still. It doesn't really make sense. But, um, yeah, library book sales. So start there. That's a great place. 
Yeah, it's funny. So, so often on the show, we talk about like the struggle of trying to get rid of books, trying to make more room. Today, we're just we're doing we're letting our letting our inhibitions fly. Mm-hmm. We are because we we all do really love to accumulate books. Yes. at least I do. Yeah, you do. If I could if I could be like smog the dragon on top of a giant pile of books, I I would be. And it's there. It's something. There's something really nice about accumulating books because. You like have them all. This I like to like take them all home and lie them out on the bed, and you're like looking at all the books, and mm. you're like looking at all the things you're gonna read, and it just like feels really good, like looking at all the potential adventures your brain is gonna go on. And the best way to really do that is to find them cheap because it's yeah. hard. I mean, books are expensive, and you if you want to buy ten of them, I mean that's a hundreds of dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, so. You know, again, of course, used bookstores that have used books are much cheaper than a new version. Everyone loves a a used bookstore. Um, I think a lot of people have very fond memories of going to used bookstores when they're teenagers. I do. Because you're like broke and trying to like, you know, you you really want books. And I didn't have an e-reader when I was a kid or I was when I was a teenager. So it was just like, you got to find those used books. E-readers? You just say you didn't have an e-reader as a teenager? Yeah. Yeah, they weren't even around when I was a teenager. <laughs> you know what? I wonder if I think you're right. I don't think Kindles yeah, they were invented. Exist- I don't know when Kindles were invented. Wait, I remember they were around when I was seven. Two thousand and seven. I was out of college. So, I was still a teenager, but I don't think they got popularized until I was in my early twenties. Yeah, no, definitely. I have de- oh, so many fond memories of being in college and going to used bookstores. Used bookstores, like the smell is so great, and I knew I could mm-hmm. walk away with like a bunch of books, especially like in the times where I was like uh, learning a lot about like who I was, reading a lot of books about feminism and reading a lot of books about like the world, the bigger world um, and music and stuff like that. I I found used bookstores to be such a great place. So yeah, love love a used bookstore. Um, so yeah, if you're looking for to, to accumulate a lot of books, going to a used bookstore is great. Look in your local community. Um, there's some really fun independent used bookstores all over the country. Um, but there's a lot of like chain ones, like half price books and stuff. There's just a uh, check, look, look around. And, and also if you're, and you can order and oh. you can order them online through like Powell's, like Powell's has an online uh, website. You can, and that's a used bookstore, but you can actually order them straight to your house. You don't have to live in Portland. It's great. That's amazing. Yeah. And Better World Books also is really good. I know a lot of people who really like it. Um, it's, so it's basically a cheap online used bookstore and they donate a book for every time someone buys one. Like for each book bought, one gets donated. It's a really great all- online alternative for getting cheap used books and a lot of them ship free. Um, I know that um, in the beginning when um, people were still buying a lot of books on Amazon, which is starting to fall now, which is very, very mm-hmm. interesting. Um, but you know, every it was like really uh, uh, tempting to buy a, a used book on Amazon for like four dollars, and and you know, Prime shipping it ships to you for free. But Better World Books does sort of the same thing, and the mm-hmm. books are about the same price. So it's a it's a really good place to buy very cheap. Like you know, you can buy for four dollars, you could buy a lot of books. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But Mallory, what about a new book? Well, so we know we we kind of all know about used bookstores and stuff. But what about a way to find a new book for cheap but still supports the author? Because that's something we know our yeah. listeners love. And obviously, we want to say right now we're very anti pirating on this show. Never download a book for for free. Get a fucking library card. Yeah, easy. Like it's a very weird controversy online where I have author friends who have gotten like huge amounts of harassment for saying, "Please don't pirate my books." Like. 
go to the fucking library, okay? Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, um, so for ebooks, there's often a lot of great sales. Authors get notified this is going to happen ahead of time um, on either like Kobo or Amazon. So they'll usually be promoting them when they happen. And what happens um, is that the ebook, uh, which is normally between like 10 and 15 bucks, um, is between one and four bucks, which is a huge deal. Um, so checking out what sales your ebook dealer has that day is always a good idea. I sometimes see glassers posting about this in the Slack channel where they're like, oh, the ebook for mm-hmm. this is one ninety nine today. And then a bunch of people are like, oh, I want to buy that because... One ninety nine is pretty fucking cheap. Yeah, and a place that kind of um, uh, uh, makes it easy for you and automates that is BookBub. So if you um, subscribe to BookBub, you can get daily oh. deals on eBooks delivered directly to your inbox every morning or as often as you want it. That tells you like, hey, these are the books that are on sale today. So if you are the person who's always looking for cheap eBooks, BookBub is great. Oh, that's a that's a hot book tip. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also the Humble Bundle. Uh, which is extremely cool. So it's a service. They do a bunch of other things besides books, but it's a service that regularly sells bundles. And that's normally between like 10 or 30, That's a, which is a fucking lot mm-hmm. of eBooks. And they're usually like themed or they're like all by the same publisher or all by the same author. They're v- very cheap. So what you do is you pay what you want, even a dollar. And for these like hundreds of hundreds of dollars worth of books, and you can choose if some of it goes to charity. Um, if you're an e-reader, it is absolutely definitely worth getting on the Humble Bundle mailing list. Um, it, I, I looked right now, they only have like six or seven bundles up right now. They change constantly because the bundles don't stay up forever. They stay up for like a month or a week and they're like, you know, normally trying to raise money for charity or something like authors will like let them use their book for cheap for a month to like help to raise money. Um, but if you are an e-reader who likes to, again, accumulate cheap, uh, eBooks, getting on the humble bundle mailing list is a really good way to go. Yeah. Okay. But what about for hardcover books, Mallory? Because you love a hardcover book. Oh, I love a hardcover book. Um, there's a lot. In it. This is the hardest thing to find cheap, a new hardcover book. I mean, it's tough. Um, most of the time they're almost jacket price. Um, but there is a lot of subscription box boxes out there and plans that let you get brand new hardcovers for a discount because what happens is the company buys them in bulk and that means that they can sell them at a discounted rate. Um, and as a bonus, so some of these companies will send you the books a week or two early. And that's like a kind of a cool thing. Like, oh, if you sign up, you might get, you know, you get early access or early release. You'll get it like, you know, again, a week or two or sometimes even a month ahead of time, which is awesome. Um, so whatever kind of book you like, just do some Googling to see what kind of subscription services are out there for it. There's a ton. There's like mystery specific ones, horror specific ones, romance specific ones. Um, but if you are, you really buy books a lot and you're looking and, um, you know, if you're looking to to get them discounted and you like getting boxes in the mail, which is what we all do, uh, absolutely check out to see uh, what subscription services are out there. And also, lastly, uh, indie bookstores often have uh, their own loyalty program. And if you pay something like 25 bucks a year, you'll get a percentage off each book you buy. Uh, I know Mallory belongs to a couple, couple of these, right? Yeah, Skylight, uh, which is really, really cool. And they what, um, Skylight also has... Um, is and you don't have to be in LA to get this. You can be anywhere in the country, but they have a signed uh, hardcover club, so you get signed hardcovers for cheap for like a discount, um, which is really, really, really cool. Yeah, I think cool. they do. I like. I forget how many they do a year, but I think last like. I'm trying to remember last year or the year before they did like Carmen Maria Machado's in the Dream House and That's like cool. cool. Like they're definitely like you're not going to get like you know a book that you're. They're like cool, buzzy books. Yeah. 
Yeah, and that's that's the thing is with a lot of these things. If you're looking looking for cheap books, they they're they pay off if you are the kind of person who buys a lot of books regularly. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, again, like the 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 indie. Uh, uh, indie bookstore loyalty programs. If you're buying enough books, you're going to pay, f- pay off the 25 or $30 or whatever it is within like a few months. Mm-hmm. Um, probably sooner, depending on if you're me or not. Um, but it, th- th- that adds up. So 10% off, I mean, that can, by the end of the year can end up being hundreds and hundreds of dollars off, which is pretty cool. And obviously you're also supporting an indie bookstore, um, which is great. Um, so we are always looking for your hot book tips on finding cheap books. Um, Definitely. you could s- <laughs> you can send your thoughts to reading glasses podcast at gmail.com and before we solve a bookish problem we're going to take a quick break this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp online therapy it doesn't matter who you are or what you have life can be stressful folks we've talked about on the show before Bree and i are extremely pro therapy i have been in therapy for an extremely long time it is very important to my brain it is like it's like go it's like running or going to the gym for my brain i i, I need it to maintain my brain health yeah for sure and you know What's nice about BetterHelp is that you can contact your therapist without going in somewhere. You can actually just get a hold of them. I had to do this with my therapist because I've been traveling. And it's really nice to be able to just be like, hey, man, I need a session this week. And he's able to set that up for me. So... Even if you're not feeling down or depressed or you're at a total loss, but if your stress is high, you can probably use that chance to unload and BetterHelp is a great way to do that. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it's funny. Uh, I don't know if folks watch Ted Lasso, but they talk about therapy on Ted Lasso. And there's a scene where where, where Ted Lasso's like, well, that's what your friend's for, right? Just unloading all your problems on them, <laughs> burdening them with all your anxieties. Because it's, you know, of course, it's always great to talk to your friends about what's going on and, and to your family, but there's something... I don't know, maybe possibly therapeutic mm. about sitting down with a with a with a mental health professional and really talking out what's going on with your life, whether you're depressed or you have anxiety, you're super stressed about something in particular, or just, you know, maybe living through a global pandemic, whatever's going on. It really I just always feel lighter when I'm out of therapy, even if I'm going through a lot of stuff. You can unload, get it out, talk to someone who's completely unbiased about your life, someone who's not going to judge you, take sides on anything. You'd be really surprised at how much it can help. So BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. And the cool, one of the cool things is that it can be more affordable than in-person therapy. And you should see if it's for you. So this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, obviously. And Reading Glasses listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash glasses. So have your first session in under 48 hours at B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash glasses. Glasses. Hi, I'm Annabelle Gerwich. And I'm Laura House. And we're the hosts of Tiny Victories. My tiny victory is that I sewed that button back on the day after it broke. We talk about that little thing that you did that's a big deal to you, but nobody else cares. Did you get that Guggenheim Genius Award? We don't want to hear from you. We want little bitty tiny victories. My tiny victory is a tattoo that I added onto this past weekend. Let's talk about it. My victory is that I'm one year cancer free, but my tiny victory is that I took all of the cushions off the couch, pounded them out, put them back, 
and it looks so great. So if you're like us and you want to celebrate the tiny achievements of ordinary people, listen to Tiny Victories. It's on every Monday on Maximum Fun. Now let's solve a bookish problem from one of our listeners. Sarah writes in, I'm an elementary school teacher. My reading suffers during the school year, so I was excited to break free of my book kilt over the summer vacation. Thanks to your podcast, I had a realization. My book kilt is stupid because I do read during the school year and I read a lot, which leads me to my problem. How do I quantify the reading I do on the daily in my yearly reading goals? To break it down, my school uses a reading curriculum that involves reading skills around a central text per week. So on an average week, I might read the same children's book three to four times to slash with the whole class, plus unnumbered rereads with individual students. Most of the stories I love, and I love fostering the next generation of readers, but add in your connected texts and other read-alouds, and that's a ton of text. Obviously, I'm not going to count reading Grace for President or Yoon and the Jade Bracelet 27 times on my yearly reading list, but I would like to figure out a way to meaningfully include how much I freaking read. I'd love to hear your thoughts and if any other... Uh, Teacher glassers have this. Teacher glassers. <laughs> if any other teacher glass, glassers have this issue, also if kids reading to you counts as an audiobook. P.S. <laughs> in the chance you read this on the show, can I get a book rack? Rural gothic, spooky small town, sp- spooky western slash pioneer books that do not rely on werewolves as the twist. Too many books that I think are in my wheelhouse end up being about <laughs> werewolves. All right, so this is a double. We're gonna do. We're gonna solve Sarah's problem and do a book rack. But first. What should how 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 does Sarah quantify her reading, Bria? Yeah, this is this is a dilemma. It's something I think about a lot because I read a lot of scripts, and obviously I don't count those towards anything. But it does take me like hours to read them, and they are a story, and they are written by somebody. Like so, it is a fucking it's a book, it's a novella, basically. I read like a hundred page script, you know. I read a couple a week usually. Um, but either way, Sarah. Wow, did we mention that? that her name is Sarah. We didn't even talk about it. She's one of our Sarahs. Okay, Sarah. Um, <laughs> uh, she definitely count these towards the year end because even though they're the ch- a children's book, you're reading the equivalent of a book every week to these kids and with these kids, right? Um, but it seems to me like you should rely on page count, which I think you're going to say the same thing, Mallory. But um, uh, I, think, I think keeping up with page count. So writing down the number of pages the book has and then note how many times you reread it throughout the day or the week or whatever and then log that number of pages you're reading by the end of the year and then I think you'll get a good idea to be like oh because I read this 30 page book I don't know how young children book children's book she's reading but um if I read this 20 times it's a lot of times it's a lot of pages that's the equivalent of reading you know two books um and so like it's definitely worth thinking about that because I think it'll make Sarah realize at the very least how much fucking work she's doing. She's doing a shit ton of work. She's doing a shit ton of good work, talking to people about books, talking to kids about books, teaching them to read. Um, and I think uh, I think that that is, that's good work. And so knowing that and knowing that like, oh, I read the equivalent of like, you know, however many, I read this many pages this year. I think you'll be very happy to look back and see how much work you've put in to encourage reading in young readers. You know, what do you think, Mallory? Oh, I totally agree. Sarah, of course, all this counts as reading. The reading, the rereading and you know what? Fuck it. Even the kids reading to you. Why not? Like, I I think I, I think Bria's right. I think maybe becoming a page counter instead of a book counter might be a good idea for them. Um, if they want something that covers both the school year and the summer, you know, mm-hmm. so they won't have to have like a big changeover from when the uh-huh. school year is over. Um, 
but I also, I, I understand that many of us are very used to counting books. Mm-hmm. So it might be hard for, for Sarah to switch over. Um, it'd be a very, you know what, Bria, we should do this at some point, start breaking down how many like pages we read a month. Um, be very interested to see, like, I don't even know what that, that would look like. Like, hold on. I so, love a, I love a novella. So I think I probably read way less pages. Like if I did page count, it's going to read a lot. I read a lot, but I read a lot of novellas. So like I'm reading a book, but it's not the equivalent of like a full book. Like it's not a novel. It's a novella, you know. So I know I probably read less pages than someone who reads as many books as I read, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, well, all right. I'm looking here right here. So the average book, let's say, is like 400 pages. Say I read 100 books in a year, which is that's 40,000 pages a year. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. be interesting to track that but again like we get it that it that there's especially as readers and like the bookish community is very much into like how many books you read a year goodreads is really into how many books you read a year um so i would recommend for sarah if the page counting doesn't work doing a yearly breakdown which would count the rereads also as new reads so like let's say i read sarah reads 300 children's books and that could count, you know, Grace for President, you know, a hundred times, however many times she reads it. Um, and then 50 books. Like, that's a huge yearly haul. Mm-hmm. I, I used to break down my reading like that just to see all, what format I would read. So I would be like, all right, well, I read this many books, this many graphic novels, this many audiobooks, this many uh, ebooks, uh, this many magazines, just because it was interesting for me. And I think that might be helpful for Sarah mm. um, just to just count them as, as, as book, just count them as as children books and um, and see see what it looks like at the end of the year because then the there's something about that number i think the books read that is i that I think a lot of readers crave mm. does that make sense mm-hmm. yeah i think so or sarah just pat yourself on the back and know you're doing good work doing great work you know, out we there. can do that for sarah sarah <laughs> we're patting you on yeah, the back we, we, we'll bless you with not having to worry about this if you don't want to because i think yeah. you're just doing great work out there yes also you know thank you for being a teacher thank you for fostering the lo- love of reading. We love that. And just no book guilt. If you, however you want to count them, I think that whatever works for Sarah is what's, is, is fine. Mm-hmm. You know? All right. So next question, what should Sarah read? Um, well, I'm going down the spooky small town vibe because this is a book I keep recommending because I want more people to read it, uh, it which is Forget This Ever Happened by Cassandra Rose Clark. Um, you have become like a cheerleader for this book. This is like your priest daddy. I know. Well, it's a small town in Texas in the 90s, so I love that. And it's a it's about um, a girl who goes to stay with her grandmother, and it just really captures Texas summer where it's like fucking real hot in this house that she's in. It's real, you know, it, it feels weird in there and the town is weird she's going to stay with her grandmother and then the first night she's there she sees a monster outside and she's like what what's going on and what come to find out that this town harbors a secret and that secret is that monsters live in the town and once you leave the town you kind of forget that they exist um but while you're there you just they live there and they're not supposed to interact with the humans but then one did with the main character and so she has to kind of figure out why that happened it's great um it's got a, a queer love story in it i just i just think it's such a great book um and totally worth reading i want to shout it from the moon i want more people to read it so I we still can talk about it this. yeah read it read it and let me know what you think cuz i want to i okay. i just think it's a really great book but it also is probably because i'm it's like my era and my like small town, you know, uh, uh, upbringing. Um, what, what do you think Sarah should read? 
Are you offended by well, this lack of werewolves? What, what, how are you feeling? Well, I, I have a deal for Sarah. Okay. Okay. So, Sarah, I will give you this recommendation on a single condition. You have to email me and send me all the werewolf books that you're reading. Because <laughs> I will take them. I will take your poor, your huddled masses of werewolf books that you do not want. Please send them my way. I will take all of them. Because I, I, I actually, it's, it's funny. I'm, I, there's a few books that I can think of that are fit this description where there seems like a spooky small town and it's actually werewolves there's a those across the river by christopher buhlman i think is one of them um because for me this is like the greatest thing ever is a werewolf twist yeah i can't think of anything better than this book about a spooky small town and then it's werewolves i mean it's like finding for me it's like finding 20 bucks in your pocket it's like sarah just like opens up a closet in her house house every so often she's like werewolves again like it's like there's like Uh, waiting inside like like every time she has some sort of problem (laughs) like she's at school uh, and they're like this child is acting strange it turns out it was a werewolf and she's like a werewolf masquerading as a child (laughs) (laughs) oh my god this is a tangent but for a really long I I've uh, I have this friend named Charles, and we were like best friends when I was in high school. And Turns he out was he in was Ohio. a werewolf. <laughs> I, I wish I true I truly wish that Charles was a werewolf, but um, this is a weird tangent. But we're both super metalheads, and we would always we were best friends. We met online, and we would always meet up at different metal festivals around the country. Like that's how we saw each other. And this thing kept happening where we would go to see a band that we really wanted to see, and we would get to the venue, and they'd be replaced by this other band called the Red Chord. Yeah. It was like three times where we go to like we went to this venue in Detroit, and we were so excited to. I don't even remember what band we were excited to see, but it's like, oh, this this band has been replaced by the Red Chord. So that like for the rest of our lives, like we would always joke that like, oh, we get in a car accident and be with the Red Chord. <laughs> you know, someone's cheating, your girlfriend's cheating on you, and it's with the Red Chord. That's you know, funny. your mom got a new crappy boyfriend, and it's the Red Chord. Yeah, very weird tangent, this but that's the werewolf joke for Sarah. Would yes, and, and that joke makes me laugh very, very, very hard. But anyway, okay, Sarah, please email us. Send me all all your werewolf books. Um, that being said, here is my recommendation for you, and I think it's gonna gonna nail it. Um, it's Daughters Onto Devils by Amy Lukovics. Um, it's a historical YA book, and it's about a teenage girl whose parents decide it's like a pioneer book, and like, and that's the time period it takes place in. Um, they they like live up in the mountains. I think um, somewhere in the Midwest and they decide to go move down to the prairie and like onto a homestead. Um, And of course the house they find to live in has been abandoned and is covered in blood on the inside. Uh, And in true horror movie fashion, they move in anyway because you know, of course they do a terrible idea. Um, So soon creepy things start happening. And the main character, this teenage girl, it's one of those interesting books where you can't, she can't figure out if the creepy things that are happening are something evil in the house and the land that they moved to, or if it's her own guilt about the bad things that she's done. Oh, I love that. Um, so she's like really like she has this secret that she's keeping from her family and she's super guilty about it. And it's almost a little Shirley Jackson-y in that way where you can't tell if it's all in her mind or if it's actually really happening. And it's, it's rural, it's Western, it's got pioneers, it's got a tiny little western town and it's spooky as fuck um i really love this book and i think that sarah will enjoy it as well uh so if you want us to solve your reader problem or send you a a recommendation you can send it to reading glasses podcast at gmail.com as always we want to thank the wonderful mods who run our facebook group and chrissy and rachel who moderate our goodreads page remember you can buy reading glasses tote bags and shirts and stickers and totes and pillows and coasters and mugs and the and the and our new void merch store i finally got my stuff i'm so I, excited I got the f- i'm gonna make an order this week to wait get for, wait for me when i get home 
from New Orleans. I'm excited. So y'all send me uh, what you like, and I'm gonna I'm gonna order some stuff. I got the re- the libraries are fucking awesome shirt, and it's a really nice shirt. Like it's soft, and um, it's I've already I posted it a picture of it on on my Twitter, and it's already like people were like this shirt is amazing, and I'm like yes, I know. Jordan did, really knocked this out of the park. Did you post it on our Instagram? No, but I should. Yes. Why did you not? I we need don't that know. content. I've been. <laughs> I'll post it today. Um, yeah, if, if you want to check, there's Jordan really knocked it out of the park. Uh, they, uh, they, their designs are absolutely fantastic. So much so that we love them and we want to wear them ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can check out a link in the show notes for that. And if you like the show and want to do something nice for us, rate and view us on iTunes. It only takes it takes less than a minute. What's a gift that you can get for someone that will take less than a minute? Nothing. There's nothing out there except for a five star review on iTunes for Maybe someone's a smi- podcast. A smile, a nice smile. Not no, we're all wearing masks now. Okay, fine. No one can see our smiles anymore, but we can see see your five star reviews. Um, you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at reading podcast and on Instagram at reading glasses podcast. Thanks for listening and thanks, thanks for, for reading. reading.